Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. One steals you. I don't know if I can say all of this, but I got to keep my mouth shut and let it happen as much as I can. So there are times when I want to speak up and be like, oh yeah, all right, let's go talk. But it's for the environment we're in to have it be handled by the women. Welcome to Game of Roses, this pace case. This is Bachelor Clues, still awaiting the verdict on what were the UFOs that the United States military shot down. But in the meantime, we're going to give you twibbin. Oh, I was just going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> a big alien week for you. I don't know if it's aliens. I don't know what it is, but I know we're not being told the truth. I know that much. But you're going to hear the <laughs> truth here today. I don't know what it is, but I know I'm being lied to. <laughs> I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know, there are, there's it. a lot of evidence that points to the fact that we're all being lied to. Go, go for it. Do you want me to go into this? I don't know. Exactly. All right. (laughs) What we are going to be doing today is not talking about aliens. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. We're going to be talking about This Week in Bachelor Nation. That's the fourth podcast. It will be very soon, I think. Alien Watch. But speaking of watches, we do have some things to talk about before we get into the meat of This Week in Bachelor Nation. Of course, we're still on Book Watch. We're still waiting for the producers to include what we believe is the most important thing that has happened in Bachelor Season 27 in the document itself. That Mm -hmm. is... Players being caught reading our book, How to Win the Bachelor, while they were literally shooting the show. I'm holding my breath. I'm on the edge of my seat. As am I. I'm ready to see the book. I'm seeing readers everywhere I look, everywhere I see is a reader. I, I feel the same way. In addition to our business, we have breaking news. March 1st, we are having our first official book signing at The Grove after our one-year ban. and. Breaking news, you don't have to buy a ticket for The Grove. We said, yes, you do. No, you do not. It's March 1st at 7 p.m. You don't need to buy a ticket. You can if you want a book, and the book will be at the store for you, and we will sign them, bring your questions. We'll have a Q&A. It'll be a very fun event. Yeah, it's at The Grove in Los Angeles, California, March 1st, 7 p.m., This is the place where we were banned. And yes, you do not have to buy a ticket. But tickets are, I believe, about $30. If you do buy a ticket, you get a book with that ticket. But we are being told now, anyone can show up. And if you have a book you want us to sign or anything you want us to sign, bring that. We'll sign it. We'll take pictures. We'll do whatever you like. Uh, But yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to our triumphant return. Me too. (laughs) I'm going to wear a hero's outfit. Can't keep me away from the Grove. Sorry. (laughs) We have another a bit of business, another announcement, really. Bachelor Live on Stage is back, and we are going to be attending. Now, it's a little different this year than it was last year. Last year, they did it at multiple cities in the United States. We, of course, attended the one in Los Angeles. This year, they are doing it over the course of three weekends in Tucson, Arizona? Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona. (laughs) Lion-Dyke Country. They are doing it at Lion-Dyke Country at a place called the Walking Stick Resort. 
And again, it's over the course of three weekends. We are going to be present. Game of Roses is going to be holding down the fort on April 22nd. We would love to gorify this event. So mm-hmm. if any of you are planning on going to this event and you still have some leeway with which weekend you can go, April 22nd is when we're going to be there. We would love to see anyone and everyone come out to support our beloved game. Mm-hmm. I've got a big scream coming up this episode regarding this event. So oh, stay tuned. Interesting. And after this Twibbon episode, you can look forward to our new Digging Deeper on Monday. This is going to be juicy because we're getting into the season. And Digging Deeper is a bonus podcast episode that Clues and I record every other week. It is on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Clues, what else we got on the Patreon now? It seems chock full. Let me just explain for those who may not know, Digging Deeper is when we go through all of the other Bachelor Nation podcasts and we cut out the most important clips that you need to hear. So you don't have to listen to hours and hours and hours of these podcasts. You get to listen to about an hour and a half of our podcast where we have all the most important clips and we break them down. That's every other Monday. We also got our entire back catalog is now available in the Patreon. So you can check that out. All the stuff that we did back in Pilot Pete's season, Hannah Brown's season when we first started, all of the early interviews we did, the off-season material we had. We also are uploading every one of our episodes to Patreon ad-free. So if you don't like listening to those ads, you can listen to them on Patreon. If you're down here in the bottom of the pit with us, you get no ads. Mm -hmm. You get your own separate feed. On that feed, you'll get the bonus episodes. You'll get the ad-free episodes. You'll live in eternal bliss. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's good. Uh, You'll also get early access to our new merch. You're going to get some good merch coming up soon. We are almost ready to release our team logos for the first four teams. Can you guess which teams those are going to be? Me? Reader? Oh, I know know which teams they're going to (laughs) be. So get ready. If you are living in Los Angeles, if you're living in San Diego, if you're living in New York or Chicago, you're going to have some paraphernalia you're going to want to be wearing. But you're also going to get some new stuff that we're doing in Patreon. I've started experimenting with a little thing called Clues Corner. So far, it's just been me listening to some podcasts, watching some videos. Uh, I watched Grant Trout, aka Trizzy, and Madison Pruitt on a podcast, reacted to that. I've been listening to the Dark Lord Harrison's new podcast, reacting to that in Clues Corner. I'm going to try to start doing some watch-alongs with Perfect Match and some other reality shows if I can figure out how to do that technically. But Clues Corner is here to stay. You have to do it for Perfect Match. I will try. I'm obsessed. And Pace Case, I hear you're going to be doing something similar very soon on the Patreon. Yeah, Pace Case Palapa is a new segment everyone is eagerly awaiting uh, once she learns how to do OBS, and then she's going to be palapaing it up. Cannot wait to see Pace Cases Palapa. But we have a lot of exciting <laughs> stuff going on on our Patreon. I feel like we've really been developing it here in the last few months with a lot of new stuff. And so we just wanted to make sure that everybody's aware of what exactly is on that Patreon. And if there are things that uh, our, our deepest pit members would like us to, different types of content that you want to see from our Patreon, it is our it is our baby, it is our community, it is our home, and we want it to be as perfect and special as possible. So mm. let us know what else you want to see in there. And that is it for our business. We are now going to move on to This Week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to begin it as we begin all Twibbins 
with a little bit of a state of the game. This is a special one, though, because we got two very special guests. These are high-level commentators who understand the game inside and out. We hope you enjoy. Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the game. We are thrilled to welcome back to the podcast Emma Gray and Claire Fallon from the Love to See It podcast. Welcome. Claire, we haven't talked to you in a minute. Yeah. Where have I been? It's great to see you guys again. I'm always in hiding. This is such a treat. (laughs) (laughs) You're in hiding? What does that mean? Yeah, I I never leave Jersey City. Oh. That's not uh, totally accurate. You actually <laughs> did very recently. I saw you in oh. person. Boomers oh, <laughs> only. <laughs> Wait, what is Jersey City? Jersey- is that in New York? It was no. Um, it's <laughs> sort of the way that, that Brooklyn is to Manhattan on the east side. There are a few towns in Jersey on the west side of the island. Gotcha. Jersey, Jersey City, City is just Hoboken. directly across the Hudson. Yeah. It's like the okay. the closest part of Jersey to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. In the burbs now. It's not the burbs. <laughs> yeah. I rarely leave my living room, so I understand. Um, <laughs> so let's discuss, this is our state of the game segment where we discuss kind of what is happening in The Bachelor to the fandom, to the show, to every element of it, to how it's affecting reality TV. Um, how are you guys feeling? We're now uh, four episodes in to <laughs> Shout Cross the season 27. How are you feeling about it generally? Uh-huh. That's a, that's <laughs> a good mean, question. No, <laughs> I feel like it's shifting slowly. I think I was, I was feeling very negative at the beginning of the season. Okay. Yeah. It's improved. Well, the premiere was like a low point, I think. Very low. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. The premiere to us, I think, felt very... Um, there was just nothing special about it. There was no zip. There was no sparkle. Zach seemed so uncomfortable on camera. They didn't really do much to reintroduce us to him. And... We were just like, why Why is this what we got? You didn't like learning he was a DJ? Oh my God, they don't have any other fun facts about him? I mean, I did. That's that's the only, <laughs> it's the only thing I liked learning about him because that's the only thing that we learned about him. We were like, who is this cardboard cutout of a man? He seems to be eager to leave that part of his past behind him. So I feel like they should try to nail down a hobby that he's had in the past three to four years at some point. And so the the negative Ooh. feelings that you're having about the premiere specifically, but potentially this season on the whole, are tied to Shawcross himself. I think that his casting definitely felt like a misstep to us, especially okay. after that premiere, which there is a lot of weight on the lead to carry the show. And we were like, is this guy up to it? He seems uncomfortable bantering with the contestants. He seems uncomfortable with the cameras. They can't come up with any fun facts about him, except for things that he did in high school. And I think he's loosening up as the season goes on, which is great. Great to Mm. see. It's still hard not to think like, what if they had gone a different direction? What if they had gone with someone? Who's your hope? Yeah, what direction are you talking about? <laughs> Rodney. I still can't believe yeah. they didn't go with Rodney or Brandon. I think they were both, in different ways, genuine fan favorites who would have brought a different energy to the lead role than 
than we usually get. Well, I mean, I think they are very hesitant to put out a bachelor that is not a white man at this point because they did well, that yes. once before mm-hmm. in the recent past and it didn't work out so well for them, if we all remember. You know, I think that they're very much not trying to do that again, not trying to have or trying not to have some kind of big racism scandal blow up. And we even see this season with Greer Blitzer, all the stuff that's going around about her with the MAGA stickers and the blackface apologist posts that got immediately apologized for a very different tack from what they did with Carcano, which was silencing her. Yeah, they actually they they let her speak. I think that, yeah, they have learn something, maybe not the right lessons, maybe not the (laughs) lessons that we would want them to take away. Uh, But they certainly learned that they don't want to deal with that. And I do think that in that sense, Zach was a safe choice. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the premiere, and that's not like on him as a human, right? Totally. It's it's on the show. And I think his casting was indicative of the direction that they want the show to go. And I think in a way that felt disappointing to us. The casting certainly seems like scared shitless. Like we want to go with the safest option possible. Who's not going to make waves and who will, what I'm guessing do do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think invariably the guys they're looking to cast the most naive men they can find who have barely or potentially even never seen the show at all. So they don't know what they're getting into. I say this from experience as a person who has now coached multiple players who have gone into multiple seasons. And it's like the women always know their shit. It's like coaching somebody who's been playing (laughs) high level athletics for a long time. And they're like, I need to bump this up to get into the Olympics. The guys are like, what's a baseball? Like they don't understand that they're even, you know, playing a game. Sounds about right. Yeah. And so I think it's the the producers and casting, uh, their male leads, I think, are looking exactly for that. I think they're trying to refit the pilot Pete model, which was somebody who was very naive to the process that they can just manipulate left and right however they want to turn out what they perceive to be is a show that will write the ship or a season that will write the ship. And I agree. I don't know if they're exactly doing it, but goddamn, for me, there was a lot of shit this season so far that's been very fun. Christina Mandrell being chief among yeah. those things. Oh, I think that it's been an upward trajectory since that premiere. Like, as Claire said, the premiere for us was a low point. We have been warming to this season. We've been really happy that the drama that has occurred has felt like actually relevant to the plot. Mm -hmm. Like there is a storyline. We are actually seeing some real romantic relationships start to Mm -hmm. develop, which has been a huge complaint of ours for the last few seasons is that it just felt like, wait, is this, a show about a romantic narrative because mm-hmm. we're not, we're like barely seeing it. So in, in some ways I, I am hopeful for this season. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me ask you both this question. I'm sure you're aware the book we wrote, how to win the bachelor was in this season. Multiple players were found reading it by producers. <laughs> oh, multiple. So I had heard about one. That's what the reporting is that I've read. Multiple have been found reading. it. Wow. But we believe that it will not be shown that the producers will eliminate oh, this. Definitely not. Have you received any information <laughs> about this at all? Ooh. Do you know any extra stuff about this or how it might affect the season? Oh my God, I wish that we did. I wish yeah. we were like cool enough to be that much in the know. No producers are trying to give us any information. <laughs> no producers are trying to give us any information either. It ain't 
producers that I'm getting my information from. We try being an official Bachelor Nation podcast. I think then you might get some of that information. Yeah, maybe exactly. you should just say that we are an official yeah. Bachelor yeah. Nation podcast. No, but I mean, you guys are not an official Bachelor Nation podcast mm-hmm. either. And you just interviewed Zach Shawcross, the sitting lead. The first time we have done that in years. Yeah, and that was congratulations. By thank the way. you, it was very exciting. He's very, very charming in person. <laughs> He's so charming in person. It was, it was really, it was shocking for us. I was gonna say, do you feel like they're editing out a lot of him? So I, I can't quite figure out what is going on. I think maybe part of it is his own discomfort with the cameras. Mm. Very human impulse. Maybe there are certain parts of his personality that aren't translating. And also, I think they are just editing him in the safest way. And I think Mm -hmm. the show tends to do this where they focus in on all the like earnest speeches and on none of the little small moments of joy that might actually make a person register as an actual human. They like eliminate all the quirks and all we're left with. And I don't think that when Zach is doing Ernest Bachelor that he's at his most compelling and that's mostly what they want to show us is the 15th mm-hmm. conversation of him being like, I'm really looking, I'm looking for his for best, best, my best yeah. friend. And like, I, that's what I was, my parents have, that's what I want. And like, that's maybe some, some people can make that kind of trite stuff a little bit more animated. That's not where Zach shines. I feel like we need to see more of him telling jokes, like showing his personality and they don't seem interested yeah. in showing that to us. He was bantering with us. He was like getting in there. He described himself dancing on the boat. He was like, I watched it. And I was like, I'm dancing like a sin. (laughs) And we were like, that is funny. That's relatable. That's genuinely funny. Like you have, yeah, it's relatable. You have a sense of humor about yourself. You're self-aware. Like, I think those are the pieces of him that at least we would connect to as audience members. Do you think he would make a good sportscaster? (laughs) Isn't that his goal oh is that is that the end goal that's why he came on the bachelor to build his platform to be able to do that it's wild how how little we know about zach like yeah i had no idea i'm like this man i i gather he likes sports because what was his job his job title (laughs) on rachel and gabby season was like crypto entrepreneur or something or like medical sales finance okay so he's a medical sales guy who wants to be a sports because I think he relies on the power of his deep voice. But I will say this. You guys mentioned that they don't show these little moments that humanize these players. That's true. They also don't show the big moments. One thing that I'm getting from coaching is I now know what's actually happening at all times in the show. Like and the what? stuff they're leaving on the cutting room floor say. is mind-blowing to me. Wow. <laughs> you like dangle these little pieces. We do know they didn't show the group date with uh, the uncle, the famous uncle. And we do we know why? The day portion. We don't know why. Uh, I have my my suspicions. <laughs> I think there was some strong play by players that they did not, that the producers did not design deep runs for. And so they were like, fuck it, we have to just eliminate this. Because the best things that happened on that date were done by players they don't want in the game anymore. And really, I think Ooh. where we are at with the game is the producer's script the entire season and then they try to force players into delivering the performances they need for that script instead of rolling with the punches and seeing what happens and building their show in a more kind of, uh, you know, natural way around the things that are happening. They try to force the things to happen that they've already written. That's really what the show is now. And it's obvious. 
Like the labor is obvious behind every scene. That's why I think I I think I like this season more is it feels a little bit less forced, less overproduced and like I don't see the producer hand be- right below every scene. I don't know. When they kicked off like Mandrell, for example, or even the casting of a Victoria Jameson, somebody who is a, a parasocial juggernaut, almost a million TikTok followers, hundred and whatever thousand Instagram followers coming into the game. It's like, why do you cast a person like that if you're not going to keep them in the game for a long time? I believe they brought her in and they literally were going to villainize her for having Instagram followers. She didn't play the game that way. And they were like, well, mm. fuck, she's worthless then. Get her out of here. And I think the same is uh, to some degree true for Mandrell. They might have had a deeper run plan for her, but... Yeah, yeah we thought it was interesting that they've been casting professional influencers mm-hmm. when being a professional influencer is like the antithesis to their whole stated ethos yeah. and the way that it functions. I mean, Anastasia, right? She's a content. Exactly. Something. Yeah. But she has far fewer followers than Christina or Victoria. But regardless, the point is that like they cast these people who they once wouldn't have cast because they kind of expose the the hidden truth of the show, which is that people want to get followers and they can make money from having followers. And then, yeah, they can use them in the plot to like wrap them on the knuckles and shame them and be like, that's not a good motivation for yeah. being here. Wrap them on the knuckles though. I mean, Brennan Mariah's <laughs> whole life was destroyed. He lost, I would guess tens of thousands of dollars in revenue from the different uh, brands that dropped him immediately after he was villainized on BIP season seven. Piper James similarly lost work because of that. And that's simply because of the edit. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was, that was extreme. Yeah. yeah. I do think that you can have finding real love and wanting the followers as two simultaneous goals. And you know why? I just started watching Perfect Match. Did you guys watch? Oh, yes. we've seen it all. Oh, yeah. Oh, my I God. I haven't watched I'm it yet. hasn't <laughs> watched, so I'm like, I need to talk about it with someone. It is so good. We are recapping it. I feel like this game was made in response to all of Chad's complaints about The Bachelor. I agree. They're just... They're just like, we're going to make all the gameplay really explicit and gamified. Yeah. And they're just like, there's two goals, strategy and romance. There are shades of bachelor pad. Yeah, there's two Hmm. goals, strategy and romance. And it's like, can you find the perfect balance of those two in order to actually win? And there will be a winner, but there's kind of multiple ways to win. I mean... I, I just it. love seeing everything that Francesca does because she is so, I mean, the the cliffhanger where she's just going, no, this isn't a spoiler, but she's just like, no. The I man. I love no how you're trying not to do spoilers. Man. No, she, she was so made good. to play. She's like built in a lab for reality television. Just like incredible yeah. character. Do you think at all that Perfect Match, Love is Blind, we obviously are seeing the rise of all streaming services basically at this point. Netflix is probably in the lead, but they all have their own reality dating formats. They're all doing it in a more modern way than The Bachelor. Do you think there's a real threat to The Bachelor in terms of its dominance in the reality dating format world from these other shows? Yes. I think Netflix is easily eclipsing is like beginning to eclipse the bachelor in terms of cultural relevance. I think that love is blind creates at this point, the level of like fan fervor and 
discussion, certainly, that The Bachelor does. You're seeing these people get way more famous on the whole at this point. I don't know if that's exactly true. You have one or two people, like especially in Love is, is, uh, Love's Blind Season 3, you have a few people popping off. But pretty much everybody else is down there in that like 100,000 range like. But even 100,000 is more than most of the people are getting on Bachelor. I mean, Zach doesn't even have 100,000 followers. And like everyone gets 100K on Love is Blind. Even Andrew got 100K. That's what I mean. Like, and a lot a lot of them are are in, I mean, the featured players. A forgotten. That's what we're calling the Love is Blind people that don't make it to the proposals. The forgotten. Yeah. The forgotten. I mean, they make a really clear delineation on most of these shows that have larger casts between the actual central cast that you'll get to know and be invested in mm-hmm. and the ones you don't need the to side follow. Characters. <laughs> and then... Or they just have a really small cast. I think The Bachelors ha- has th- these bloated casts and they have like three seasons mm. a year. They're churning out so many of these people. I think people are getting tired of like investing in these Bachelor characters when there's this flood of new ones constantly. And mm. that's in addition to the fact that like, as we've discussed so many times, like the format is really old fashioned They've struggled to like keep in step with what audiences want now. And these Netflix shows are much fresher and they have new takes on how it could work. New takes, different music, more modern, everything. Although the thing I love about Netflix is that the music is different from The Bachelor, but it's all the same within the Netflix (laughs) shows. They will use the same songs like repeatedly within episodes that really? too hot to handle song oh my god the too hot to handle song oh too hot to handle i've heard that so many times and then that shows up in love is blind and i think maybe in perfect match too yeah they use that song in wait they play too hot to handle during love is blind oh yeah they'll play it and like the ultimatum <laughs> yeah there's that one song they're like do they use the gold goblets in perfect match uh the visual cue with the goblets so smart. I think with Perfect Match, it's it is going to escalate. It. Perfect Match is white goblets. Perfect Match has white goblets and uh, and alcohol in plastic bottles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're doing there, but they still have the white goblets on the ultimatum. It's silver, and on Love Is Blind, it's gold. But they're all the same goblet. Perfect Match to me, I'm like. I think it's going to explode Netflix even more because it's so good. It's Bachelor in Paradise exploded Bachelor Nation. Like, because you have these characters you can follow for longer, it's kind of the all stars. And this is taking from so many other good shows and all the characters are so good. But that's the thing it does. It makes you want to invest in all these other shows, but also just like the off season gossip. It's like, you have to, continue to be invested in the soap opera because then you figure out that Francesca has hooked up with Joey who's also hooked up with Carousel from Sexy Mm. Beast and Carousel's the best reality name ever I'm obsessed with Carousel (laughs) I love her (laughs) yeah so it's like you have to maintain this like year-round piece of your mental attention that just goes to Netflix reality stars they also use so many gameplay terminology things you're gonna love they call it Hail Mary they do Mm. all of these things there's certain parts that I think they can tighten up the the kissing competition was way too long for me (laughs) I was like yeah they're still they're still getting their footing on like what they need to kind of drag out and but you know, I think it's brilliant. I also like that 
you can invest in new characters that maybe, yeah, the mole isn't your thing. Yes. But like, great, bring on these new, like, hot men. I'll figure out who right. they are. It's great. So yeah. do, you, do you think that these reality shows on Netflix and, and other streaming services are kind of taking away the cultural relevance from Bachelor? But the bottom line is always money. And The Bachelor costs nothing to make. It's still winning Monday night ratings across the board. So it means ABC is making a shitload of money off of it, comparatively speaking. And it still does have some kind of prestige, I feel like. I don't think people are going to stop signing up for it. I don't think you're going to ever mm -mm. get like players not wanting to go in. So what does it then become in your eyes? Just kind of a second tier whatever? I mean, it reminds me of like Miss America, to be honest. Like it can just keep yeah. going and going and going even That's as so the audience dwindles. I mean, that does make me sad. I never cared about Miss America, but I do care about The Bachelor perversely. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I don't want to see it reach that place where people are like, oh, The Bachelor, I guess that's still happening. That's so bizarre. I think of that as something from decades ago. But I do think that to me is kind of the blueprint that I see. Yeah, I don't think we're there yet, but... Mm. No, I don't think we're there yet either. But I think, I mean, this is what I struggle with when I think about this. Lizzie and I come from network television. That's where we met on a, a sitcom uh, some 10 years ago or something at this point. Jesus Christ. But at any rate, mm -hmm. we've been in those rooms, uh, you know, with the presidents of networks and we've kind of seen how they talk about shows, specifically the show we were working on and how they tear them apart and put them back together. And it's ratings and how the cancellation bear said no more bad judge. Yeah. All of these things. But, um, I can't imagine that at the top levels, these conversations are not happening about The Bachelor and about generally network TV ratings just like going down the toilet anyway. But the idea of like, what will it be next? And I think some decision has been made to either like squeeze the last drops of blood out of this fucking thing and let it die or how do we transition it to streaming? And I think that's probably what the conversation mm -hmm. is about right now. And I don't, I don't know like where it stands in terms of creative discussions because they're obviously doing shit wrong in every season. The current producer tier is just bad. It's the worst they've ever had. Um, that said, though, I just think it's still too valuable to Warner Brothers to let it die completely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I'm sure they're hoping to make it work as long as possible. That's the thing. It still has, it still has cultural relevance. I mm -hmm. just think that there was a period of time in which we kind of came up in our love for the show and also when we started podcasting about the show mm. where it was just everywhere. Like there there wasn't this yeah. diffusion of content in the genre. And now it's sort of like, yeah, maybe you tune into The Bachelor, but maybe you're more of a Netflix person. And like those things feel more equal now, whereas before it felt like there was sort of one super conversation going on and The Bachelor mm -hmm. was leading that. Yeah. Yeah. I keep going back to the pageant thing just because I think they're so similar. The casting is yeah. similar. The casting is, but I, yeah, I think the whole ethos is similar. There's a lot of overlap. I mean, the creator's wife was in the pageant world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the format is definitely <laughs> resembles the pageant, but you know, they have similar ideas, uh, this sort of like 1950s idea of like the ideal man, the ideal woman, like what they represent, how that relates to the national identity, like what they represent to the entire American audience, that like just that consensus around what that looks like has completely slipped away over the last 10 years or so. And we saw Miss America try to 
hold on to this central place of relevance and defining what womanhood looked like when that consensus was dissolving. I think we're seeing the same thing with The Bachelor, where they're just like, we want to hold this central place, but there is no central place anymore. There's this chasm between two different sort of paths, which are diffuse in their own ways. And so they are like doubling down a little bit right now, as you said, on like the boring white guy. Um, But a lot of their audience doesn't want that. But if they shift the other way, a lot of their audience probably doesn't want that either. So Claire, do I hear you right? You're saying bring Chris Harrison back? That is definitely what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm listening to his podcast and I'm like, this is what I've been needing in my life. Yeah, I'm like, this guy really has his finger on the pulse. But if they bring him back, who's going to do podcasts about his personal grudges and makeups with everyone else in Bachelor Nation? Have you listened yet to Uncensored Saints? No. Ooh. I Yes. How much did you I listen did. to, if I may? The first like half hour. Oh, shit. You went deep. I made it 10 minutes and then I was out. But uh, to be fair, I I like to just have things on while I'm just doing other activities. So Uh I won't say my level of attention was that high. But I mean, who's has just been going around saying uncensored saints like uncut gems. (laughs) To me, uncensored saints is the new uncut gems. Sorry. Title come from. Listen. I've been having internal conversations about this with myself for a week now. I don't know. I have no idea because they are doing it with a production company called Gotham Audio Productions or Gotham Something Productions. They have a couple other podcasts. Uh, It was either somebody from that company or it was Victoria Fuller. I don't know. I'm like, who's the saint? You guys, do you know how many times I saw the cover image for this podcast? And I did not even read the name of it. Like, I did not know that was the name of her podcast. I think it's like she's a Christian, but she swears. Oh, you think it's about because she's Christian, but she is being uncensored? But she swears. Like, I think in her mind, like, that's like the branding. Like, I'm a sweet Southern lass, but I take shots and say the F word. I don't think that's her brand. Does she think that's her brand? What is her brand? What is her brand? Incredibly hot reality TV villain. Well, yeah, I think that's like implied. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this as we come to a close here to some degree. Uh, with Uncensored Saints coming out, with Dark Lord Harrison launching the most dramatic podcast ever, et cetera, et cetera. Courtney Robertson, we're working with her on a podcast right now called Off Contract. There are so yes. many podcasts coming out. I'm very excited. Bachelor Renaissance, perhaps. Um, do you think we're going to start to see podcasts coming out or have they already come out and I'm just unaware of it from the Netflix stars? Oh, good question. I know that mm. uh, Nick from Love is Blind started a podcast, but I don't know if that took off. He was... Mm. Love is Blind season two, I think. And doesn't Lauren from Love is Blind one? Lauren has one that's like an official Netflix podcast, I think. It's an official Netflix podcast. I feel like the problem is that there is now a bloat in in the podcast space. And what's happening is that podcast companies are like, I want to bet on a sure thing, which is someone who has a lot of Instagram or TikTok followers. But that doesn't always translate. And now we're starting to see also podcasts pop up and then end kind of quickly because they can't Mm -hmm. actually find a footing. Demi Burnett, Big Demi Energy is a great example of that. Uh, She had that podcast. She had whatever, 1.5 
she was close to two million followers, I believe, when she launched it, and uh, it went away very quickly. I think but, she's had um, two. Yeah, I'm, right. Yeah, I think you're right. Bachelor Data did a great breakdown of this. How many there have been? Yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. There have been so many, and I do feel like there is a big advantage to just getting into it before everyone else. You can offer a certain angle before anyone else does, and then by the time a bunch of other people are already offering it, you're like, do I need another? bachelor contestant doing an interview podcast with their friends about stuff uh like maybe not i will say though i think in the bachelor world i I don't know if this is accurate or not but it feels accurate to me the bachelor still in terms of how it's presented is presented as at least in the the pattern of release it's a sport it's every monday there's a game and then you get to talk about that game for a week and then there's a new game the other shows are not like that, the, especially the Netflix shows. True. They just dump like four episodes at a time. The whole thing is done in a month. And then what? You're you're left waiting for when is the next season going to come out? And I think that makes it harder to talk about in a podcast format because there's no mm. like regimented mm. recap yeah. that you can do. You have to be like, well, fuck, what are we going to do? Recap one episode and then that'll be out next week. But all four episodes are already out. People have seen them all. Do we do a recap of all four? It makes it like uh, it's more difficult to have a kind of continued conversation about it. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, Get warm weather ready with Quince. 
be a quince king yourself or quince queen go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q u i n c e dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses clues mm-hmm. i've been on a mission i'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt yeah um, because it's spring, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx, that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims i think that's completely true it's not friendly to the parasocial y'all have delved mm-hmm. into so many different reality shows and stuff what has your experience been like with the fandom covering them is there any nation as fervent as the nation bachelor nation I don't think so. I don't think so. I will say that's one of the things that for us is a little refreshing about the Netflix experience because there isn't this entrenched community with toxic corners and, you know, it's a little bit more like if there's a villain on the show, it doesn't become this massive conversation that we all have to have about the soul of, um, you know, love is blind nation in the same Mm way. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, yeah, I do think there's less, um, there's less of an entrenched fan base. I also, we've really struggled with the pacing for sure. Even just doing perfect match bonus episodes, cramming four episodes into one podcast is not fun. It doesn't feel like you're really engaging with it. And so you feel like you're glossing over everything and then two hours goes by and you're like, somehow I taped an insanely long podcast and we didn't even really get into everything. Yeah, It's annoying. And, it, you know, as we look ahead and we're like, if The Bachelor does collapse, like what would go in its place at the heart of our show? It's true. There's nothing that like fills out the year the same way. Well, I do have good news for you. In the very near future, you'll be able to upload your voices into AI simulators that will be able to do all your podcasts for you 24 hours a day, perpetually commenting on everything in the exact same way you would do it as human oh, beings. Thank God. I'm ready. I'm ready for the robots yeah. to just take over my job. Yeah, we can all get some rest. I already feel like I'm just doing AI simulations of myself <laughs> over the years. So it'd be nice to outsource that. Like, what would Claire say about this? Wait, what about, speaking of AI, is Zach Shalcross's booming voice real yeah it appears to be real he is like huge in person so it kind of makes sense he Mm. really is so tall the rumors are true you did look very small in that picture with him (laughs) i was wearing three inch heels lizzie i was wearing heels (laughs) 
<laughs> I did not come up to this man's shoulder. Like, it was very funny. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for uh, coming on to discuss the state of the nation, the state of the game. Very proud that you interviewed Zach Shalcross. I mean, that's an, you're an official Bachelor Nation podcast now. Congratulations. Yeah, it was that's the highlight great. of our 2023. We're <laughs> closing the book on that one. Thanks so much for having us. I love you. Like, we're done with 2023. We interviewed <laughs> Cross. It's fucking over. Yeah, I'm moving on. <laughs> we're a month and a half in and I am out. It's over. <laughs> yeah, we're done. It's it's over. It's over. Um, Yeah. We talked to Zach. We've been turned. We're joining the sauce wars. It's fine. Like, we're, it's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks once again for joining us. We always love talking to you because there's very few people who get it at this level. So thank you. We applaud you and appreciate you. We adore you guys. Everyone, go follow them. We love to see it wherever you get your pods. What, where else can people find you, or what you're what you're doing next? You can find us uh, our podcasts on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and on TikTok at Love to See It Pod. And we have another show, Rich Text, on our Substack at ClareandEmma.substack.com, where we talk about like Love Is Blind and scripted things. And uh, you can find us individually on social media at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thank you so much to Emma and Claire for joining us. God, always such a pleasure to talk to I know. them. And we just did literally another podcast after we recorded the podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. But it was warranted. They're awesome. I love to hear intellectual ladies talking about our beloved game. As do I. As does everyone. Smartest in the biz. They are indeed. Speaking of the biz, we're going to move on now to talking about the movements of our beloved game and players within the biz. This is... This Week in Gains. We start out Gains as we start out Gains every week, talking about the ratings for our beloved game. The ratings for this week's big game held the exact same numbers as last week with a 0.59 in the demo and 2.9 million total viewers. It's three weeks in a row, by the way, that it is held exactly at this level. And this week, that was enough for our beloved game to win Monday night in the 18 to 45 year old demographic, beating out America's Got Talent All-Stars on NBC, The Neighborhood on CBS and Fantasy Island on Fox, which managed to maintain its 0.2 rating. That's a major network One of the four big ones with a fucking point two. That's where we're at with network TV. It's dead. Congrats to our beloved game on maintaining those ratings for three weeks, though. You don't normally see that. You usually see a little drop. Speaking of a little drop, someone's made a little drop in his parasocial bucket. Our crown gains. Zach Shawcross gained 5.4K on Instagram this week, bringing him to a total of 95K, and he gained 21 followers on TikTok, bringing him to 654 in total. <laughs> Bleak. <laughs> and now let's move into the top five gains <laughs> on Instagram. This is as of February 16th. Package deal player Christina Mandrell gained 12K for a total of 125K post-mortem. They should have protected her. They should have protected her. What are they doing? They should have protected her. She's got the top gain this week. Post-mortem for a week three player. This goes to show that what she is doing online is more important than anything the producers are doing in the show. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she's probably beating the Fantasy Island ratings. Yeah, for sure. She is. I mean, we'll get to it. Uh, number two, Katie Bigger gained 4.3K for a total of 17.3K. And in third place, Villain Edit recipient Anastasia Karamidis gained 4.1K for a total of 27.7. For her one-on-one PTC play, Brooklyn Willie gained 4K for a total of 10.3K. And for her double MVP status, Cat, a.k.a. Catherine Izzo, gained 2.8K for a total of 12.8K. Now for the top five total Instagram chart, Coming in gold. Coming in first. In gold. Getting the gold. Christina Mandrell finally takes the top spot at 125K. And Victoria Jameson drops to second, sadly, with 124K. Jessica Girard is at 27.8K in third. Fourth place, Anastasia Karamidis, 27.7K. And rounding out that top five is Katie Bigger with 17.4K total Instagram followers. Bleak. These numbers are just, it's done. Bleakest they ever been, ever? Didn't have to be like this. Didn't have to be like this, producers. Mandrell was your shining hope. They should have protected her. They should have protected her. Top five TikTok chart as of February 16th, 2023. <laughs> Victoria Jameson just will not be caught. She's at 970.3K first place. That's not changing for the entirety of the season. Second place... We'll see. Maybe she could catch up. Christina Mandrell, 137.3K. Third place, Madison Johnson. Hey, if she's the next Bachelorette. Even if she is, does she... I don't know. No one's... Well, no one is, at least as a player from the season, no one's going to touch Jameson, I feel like. Uh, mm-hmm. Third place is Madison Johnson, 102.3K. No one's left. None of these people are left. <laughs> Rebecca Becca Serrano, fourth place, 52.4K TikTok followers. And in fifth place, the only active player on this list, <laughs> Jessica Gerard at 35.5K. I don't know what to even say about this. It's like, you know, we've talked about Instagram. Everyone should have a TikTok. <laughs> That's what's to say. Everyone should obviously have a TikTok. These players are not that active in TikTok, but I, I mean, really what you're looking at here, I think, and Bachelor Data did a very interesting post. Uh, I would encourage everybody to go look at her Instagram to check it out. Um, she really breaks down the over the past few seasons how the Instagram numbers have been declining. And her kind of final conclusion is that it's all due to TikTok. TikTok has really gobbled mm-hmm. up the social media audience for Gen Z. And what I'm seeing in these numbers is Gen Z is not latching on to The Bachelor. Otherwise, mm-hmm. these numbers would be higher. But also the players in the current era of The Bachelor aren't great at TikTok. You've got Victoria Jameson crushing it. Mandrell, mm-hmm. she's pretty good on TikTok. And then everybody else is just kind of like, eh, whatever. Some players aren't even yeah. on it. Some players still aren't doing it. Barely any movement. I think Madison Johnson's had 100K since she came right. in. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm curious, you know, we'll see. We still have a lot of season to play and some of these players could, you know, be holding back their best stuff for uh, playoffs. That is true. Um, But that is all the gains. And now we must move into discussing all those beautiful tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News, the current sitting Bachelor, Zachary Shalcross, has entered the sauce wars with a contract violation of epic proportions. (laughs) 
The deep-voiced Nepo baby weirdo recently revealed some molten hot tea in an interview with Entertainment Weekly regarding some very behind-the-scenes producer techniques where steals are concerned. The frozen pizza lover went on record as saying, when someone steals you, I don't know if I can say all of this, but I've got to keep my mouth shut and let it happen as much as I can. There are times when I want to speak up, but it's for the environment we're in to have it be handled by the women. I just got, I love that you called him a Nepo baby. <laughs> He is That's so funny. He's like a nephew. Yeah, it's not a baby. Yeah. You could be yeah, a nephew baby, right. right? Any student of the game already knows steals cannot happen without producers arranging, at least in the modern era, facilitating and in some cases demanding them. But the best friend hunter. <laughs> <laughs> the best friend hunter slash Nepo baby has revealed a new level to our understanding of exactly what goes on behind the scenes. Producers tell the leads to stay out of the interactions between players when steals are orchestrated. We can't thank Zach Shawcross enough for violating his contract to take a strong stance in the sauce wars and help us here at Gore take our player coaching to another level. I think it can safely be said that now, Anytime a player is faced with a steal, she should absolutely bring the lead into it, making it impossible for them to stay out of it so the player is exonerated from any fault or wrongdoing. Will Shalcross face legal action from the producers? Will his deep voice proclaim more contract-violating tea in the future? Time will tell. Indeed. I'm very surprised that he was allowed to say this, that it was allowed to remain in the edit of this interview. I don't know if he understands this is a massive contract violation. I don't know if they'll sue him. I would guess probably not. But he has revealed something here that producers tell the leads, don't fuck with the steals. Let those two players fight it out. So if you're a player, mm -hmm. that is your move. When somebody comes over and says, can I steal him for a second? You look right at the fucking bachelor and you say, I don't know. It's up to you. You make the decision. It's the only play now. We have seen the lead chime in before. We've seen this in past seasons. So this is obviously a modern producing tactic. And I'm curious. It's like, I'm curious what steals are to the producers in their minds now. It's like they're setting it up for each one. So I'm imagining that there's just hundreds of steals we don't see because mm -hmm. that's how they transition the conversations. And then just they only show a couple ones. Yeah. To highlight them. I think they use them to set up rivalries primarily and, and not much else. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Brody Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Remember the vibrator steal? (laughs) Tap, tap. Yeah, never forget that one in my life. But speaking of leads violating contracts in service of the sauce war, season 16 Bachelor Ben Flanick recently appeared on the She's All Batch podcast to reveal some very interesting tea about his time in game. Flashneck exposed the secret that producers asked him to stop spending time with Chris Jenner ahead of his season in 2012. His appearance on Jenner's talk show at the time led to a wine night at her home, which led to rumors of a romantic affair when photos of the pair surfaced. 
The Kardashians' matriarch was married to Caitlyn Jenner at the time. Flanagan called producers calling him to say, what are you doing? Stop. That's his direct quote. The former floppy-haired bachelor also discussed his post-rookie season slash pre-lead dating life, confirming long-standing speculation that he casually dated Jennifer Love Hewitt after appearing on Ashley Hebert's season of The Bachelorette. Good for him. In fact, according to Flanick, Jennifer Love Hewitt, a.k.a. JLH, asked him <laughs> not to become The Bachelor, but he had already signed the contract. Flanick was engaged to his ring winner, superstar villain Courtney Robertson on his season of The Bachelor. The pair called it quits for good less than a year later, though they briefly rekindled their romance after a broken engagement. There's just so much tea in everybody's cellar and it never gets old. This was from an old season, yeah. obviously. I-, I loved fucking hearing this. This is insane. Chris Jenner, an icon. Yeah, thank you, uh, Mr. Flanick. Up next in Bachelor Nation News... The Dark Lord Wars have begun. The current Dark Lord of our beloved game and season five bachelor Jesse Palmer recently discussed some other reality dating shows with E! News, including Love is Blind, Love Island, and Too Ought to Handle. The first Fimp Rose bequeather said, in quotes, The Bachelor was first. I think a big part of The Bachelor is about authenticity and really trying to get back to what the core of the show has always been about, and what it's supposed to be about, end quote. Then in an interview with People, Love is Blind's DLNL, a.k.a. Dark Lord Nick Lachey, fired a shot back at Palmer by saying simply, I don't think it gets more real than Love is Blind. The whole premise of the show is authenticity. It's getting to know someone for their true, real self, and then introducing the physical. So certainly a different angle into finding love, But I would argue that Love is Blind is probably the most authentic dating show we've ever seen that ends at the altar, in my opinion. This is, to our knowledge, the first time two rival Dark Lords have entered into a sparring contest to defend the legitimacy of their respective kingdoms via insulting innuendos in public interviews. We wish both Dark Lords luck in their ongoing war, and we will be covering every battle from here on out. Fucking love this shit. Fucking love, love it. this rivalry. I mean, Dark Lord Palmer is already so much more involved on social media. <laughs> and for him to actively participate in a rivalry, it's a dream come true. I agree. And I can't wait until DLH weighs in from his platform, which is his podcast. Speaking of platforming the male Instagram champion and enemy of shirts. Tyler Cameron was recently asked if he would ever return to our beloved game and his answer made headlines while promoting his partnership with minted weddings. The dimple faced steak gobbler was asked by (laughs) E news directly if he would consider returning to the franchise that gave him over 2 million Instagram followers. And he replied, I mean, maybe one day, I think it's the coolest job in the world. Travel around the world. Travel around the world and say eight words per episode in peace. Like, it sounds fantastic. But maybe one day, right now, I'm too busy. Does that mean we could have a Dark Lord Cameron? Yeah. I do. Just always shirtless. (laughs) They put his age as like 3,000, just trying to distract from him. (laughs) For the bachelor season. <laughs> the uh, the head of the Florida chapter of Men Against Shirts also said he wouldn't rule out appearing on another TV show. 
saying, I hope to stay around the TV world. It's fun. I enjoy it. It's a good time. I did the dancing show. He's talking about they're the real dirty dancing. Had a ball. For me, it's like my little getaway. I'm doing so much down in Jupiter, Florida. So if I can go hop on a fun show here and there, it's like a vacation and fun. Can you imagine? Some people think it's a vacation and fun. Other people's lives are destroyed by it. Mm-hmm. How different the treatment is. But finally, we must say in Bachelor Nation News, a big happy birthday to current rookie Jessica Gerard, who started her 25th trip around our dying star on February 16th. Happy birthday, Jessica. Happy B-Day. And now let's move on to all those plays our favorite players are making off the TV screens and on the little screens we hold in our hands. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. The Pizza King returns in celebration of his brand new book, 180 Degrees. Clayton Eckerd gave the people what they wanted, a pizza review. Mm. The people, especially Dark Seeker. She loves those pizza reviews. I do too. Uh, Zach Shawcross posed at the Instagram headquarters in New York City with the caption, just here for followers, hashtag meta. <laughs> Lol. This, this play is interesting to me because it's also rubbing it in Anastasia's face. Fuck you. I can be at the Instagram headquarters. You can't even say the word on TV. <laughs> the, uh, the ex-DJ, I'm hoping pre-DJ Zach Shalcross also reposted this at Bachelorette Windmill meme to his Instagram stories this week. It is Kylie saying there's a girl here for Instagram followers. Why would she come on the show for that to Zach and him responding? I'm the lead and don't even have 100 K. God, that's so fucking funny. It is hilarious. I lulled. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Zach Shawcross. And all these are powerful plays. But of course, we know there can only be one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to the parasocial powerhouse and hopefully the next crown. Christina Mandrell. Mandrell stunned us twice this week with parasocial performances. A week after she was eliminated in the first, she made a TikTok of herself, taking a BuzzFeed quiz of which Bachelor player are you, answering all these questions, and then finally got the answer, Brianna, and makes a face play after that. This had 31.8K likes and 521.5K views. Astounding. However, in our winning play... She performed, she performed, performed an intricate one take bare naked ladies music video about how she's broken up with The Bachelor. The video shows her avoiding bachelor things in her house with intricate prop work, such as a Zach milkshake, a prop waiver, giant roses, and even including a cameo from her package deal, Blakely, and a hint of a voluntary nudity play at the end when she takes her overshirt off. The caption reads, Oh yeah, Mondays am I right? Hashtag bare naked ladies. Hashtag the bachelor. Hashtag Christina Mandel. Hashtag bachelor nation. Also, I'm not having any more original thoughts until at Tony Corrado acknowledges that I exist. I am obsessed with Tony Corrado on uh, TikTok. He does all these very funny, extravagant lip sync videos. Very, very beautiful homage. On Instagram, this reel garnered 277K views, 10.7K likes. On TikTok, it got 252K views, 16.1K likes, 
She's clearly a star. We are not surprised in the slightest that these plays helped her continue the parasocial gains this week, despite not even being in the document. It's unreal. This should be a wake-up call to producers, and I don't think it is. I think they're like, she should be off the show. She's doing too much social media. They just don't get it. But I'll tell you who does get it. These are some non-humans who made some parasocial plays this week. We had uh, Mr. Fortier himself, Zach Shawcross, gets an honorable mention here for seductively straddling a massive teddy bear this week on his main grid. But the winner of the parasocial creature of the week is an iguana who was strutting his stuff all over Aerobro and Jojo Joe's hot tub. Aerobro rescued the serpentine creature from the hot tub while Jojo shot a short video of the incident for her Instagram story. Very cute creature. Very nice commemoration of the event. Congratulations to the Aerobro and Jojo Jojo household. Now, Let's move on to that portion of our program in which Pace Case and I descend deep into the pit to issue forth our screams about how our fandom of our beloved game has changed our lives forever. This is Screams from the Pit! So my scream is uh, related to our opening business portion We are going to The Bachelor live on stage April 22nd in Scottsdale, Arizona. I cannot wait for this because I had COVID during it last year, so I couldn't go. Truly heartbreaking. And now we're going to get to go to this show in Lion Dyke Country, Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, it's basically my backyard. Mm. And... You know, we were looking to purchase these tickets and I was like, oh, weird. Like there haven't been a lot sold for the specific show we're going to. In fact, it looked like there were zero. (laughs) In fact, it looked like we would be the first people to buy them. So then I looked at the week before to just check. And we wouldn't be the first people. There are two people sitting in the very first row who have bought these tickets before us. And this is my scream. There are two people in this world who are bigger lunatics than us. And uh, I look forward to meeting them. (laughs) As do I. And I will just say, the screen that you're issuing means one thing. All the seats for April 22nd are open. (laughs) Yeah. Join us at yep. this event. I think it's going to be like, I can only tell you this. Dark Seeker and I went to Bachelor Live on stage out here in LA last year, and it was a strange event to, to be sure. Definitely memorable. Definitely very bizarre. I can only imagine this is going to be weirder because they've got Becca Kufrin. They've got Rodney Matthews. They've got Andrew Spencer basically living in this hotel for three weeks straight, doing two shows per weekend, uh, just living in this with a bunch of bachelor fans there kind of constantly. So hopefully it'll be weird enough to be fun. I think it will be. I think it absolutely will be. (laughs) Well, my scream this week involves a little place here in Los Angeles called the poetry lounge. You might've heard me talking about this from time to time. Uh Um, It was not exactly featured, but peripherally featured in an episode of our beloved game a little while back. Keep that in mind. So, I'm at DPL Tuesday night, as I am literally every Tuesday night. I love it. 
I love watching it. It's an experience unlike anything you will ever have in your life. I highly recommend anyone uh, in LA check it out. It's Tuesday nights. Again, Duh Poetry Lounge, D-A Poetry Lounge. I'm there. I'm watching. Someone gets up on the open mic. Uh, it is this guy, I forget his name, but he says, I'm from this other Mike and Dim Lights place, this other open mic place, and I've been coming here for a long time. And he starts mentioning names of poets that used to be on the stage when he did it here 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the names that comes up is Rudy Francisco. Now, <laughs> if you'll remember, Rudy Francisco appeared on a group date in Michelle Young's season 18. I believe it was week two, maybe. I remember, fuck, who was even on that date? Chris G, the that guy, bearded, or Chris man. S, the guy who did spoken word was on the date. But, yeah, the beard dude. Uh, Yeah, and Rudy Francisco was the spoken word poet who kind of like helped them go through their shit. He helped them write their poems and kind of like hosted that group date. So I'm at the Poetry Lounge. This guy mentions Rudy Francisco's name and he says... I even was up here with Rudy Francisco and he told a nice story about how he helped him out in a pinch and and featured for him at some show he was trying to put on. And he says, but now Rudy's famous. He's got this book out, this book out. He's got like a hundred and some thousand Instagram followers. And he never said anything about The Bachelor. And I almost (laughs) jumped out of my fucking seat and ran onto the stage and said, and you're forgetting something. He hosted a fucking group date in Bachelorette season 18, I had to calm myself down and realize this man doesn't even probably watch The Bachelor. He doesn't even know that portion of the legacy of Rudy Francisco. Wait, not like I do. <laughs> so I had to let it slide. And I felt good about that. There's only like a few million total viewers. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're a Rudy Francisco fan, you should know his uh, legacy. You should know every piece of his career. And one of the big things that he did, of course, was host that group date in Michelle Young's season. So... That was my scream. I think if you ever hear that being said again, you should um, make up for it and scream out. Yeah. He was on Bachelor at season 18, week two, hosting a group date that is very unmemorable. <laughs> I should have done that, but I didn't. My mistake. <laughs> Brandon got the zero pointer on that one. <laughs> I don't know if Rudy Francisco goes to DPL anymore, to Poetry Lounge, but if he does and I see him there, you bet your ass I'm getting one of those selfies. I look forward to it. Me too. And now let's move on. We've issued forth our screams. Let's hear one of your screams. If you want to submit your screams to this very program, to hear them played here during Screams from the Pit, you just join us on the bottom of the pit at patreon.com slash game roses, and you're going to get access to our Discord. That is going to allow you to upload a one minute or less audio file to our Scream channel, and we play the best ones here. So... This one comes to us from usernamed Mara Supiel, and we're going to play it for you now. Hello, Pace Case Clues and fellow Pit members. While listening to Digging Deeper and thinking about the fraudulent Fimp Rose election, I thought to myself I could actually see who won this election. I then found the hashtag used on Twitter and began counting. After almost an hour of tallying votes, I found some startling results. While these are by no means the only votes, I had to give up counting. Some caveats to these results. There may be some people who voted after the time period allowed. Also, given time of viewing the episode, some people in other time zones may have voted after voting had closed. 
People were allowed to vote up to 10 times, but I had to determine how to judge this. For example, someone who wrote the name Brianna three times in one tweet was only counted once. Someone who voted for Brianna and Bailey in one tweet, each girl received one vote. Another interesting point, only the East Coast voted based on the live show timing. I guess the coastal elites are at it again. In conclusion, I found these results. With 240 votes, Christina Mandrell wins, followed by Brianna with 233 and Bailey close behind with 228. Again, this could have changed had I finished the task, but I figured this may be a good enough sample size to determine if this election was indeed fraudulent. Praise be our beloved game. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mara Supiel, I'm just going to say it. We've heard some terrifying screams. <laughs> this one's my favorite. This one takes the cake. <laughs> you want to know why? Yeah. It's because it does a few things. It takes into account Conspiracy Town, uh, which is the conspiracy that Brianna did not win America's Fimp. And it yeah. says, you know what? There's data here that I can get myself and find the truth. And the, the saucers are all about that, finding the truth. Our whole podcast is about that. What is the truth of what this mm-hmm. show is? What is it really? We break it down. So this is valuable service, yeah. the scream. Um, What's the tagline of the saucers? I, I absolutely love that you've done this. And we can't thank you enough for the information that um, Mandrell should have had America's Fimp. I feel like this demands further investigation. I don't know if there will be further investigation. Who would do it if not? Marasupial? No, you're right. I, no, I, it's so hard for me to pick an actual favorite scream because the screams have leveled up so much that I'm like blown away by every single one at this point. Yes. And this one in in a new way, it's data driven. It is, yes. I mean, I love this. I thank you so much for this scream. Um, yeah, thank you. I think this was very important information. And look, obviously, it's not super conclusive with all the caveats. Disagree. Uh, but it supports what I already believed. So, sounds like good new <laughs> so information love to it. me. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it because it really shows that the lie of the show, the lie the producers put out about whatever is happening in virtually every scenario can be so easily disproven. All it takes is a mm-hmm. little sit down time and like, all right, fuck it. I'm really going to go through this. And that's essentially what we did with the hyper binge a little more than a, a little sit down time, but we went through it all and looked at all the data and said, this is what this is. It's a game and here's how it's played. And now obviously uh, that the information that we had in that, that we put in our book is being used by players in the game. So I love that you have done this. Um, yeah, the scream kind of reminds me of uh, Grace Ann Parks' scream. Yeah, a little bit. Her origin story. Yep, I agree. Look that up in our back catalog. It is my dream, though, to eventually one day have some kind of company, some kind of show, some kind of something where we can get data like this almost instantaneously, almost real time, like pro sports do. That is my dream. So thank you, Maura Supiel for bringing my dream one step closer to being real down here in the bottom of the pit. God, beautiful scream. And congratulations to Christina Mandrell on that big win. Could have changed everything. Unfortunately, she doesn't get an official rose uh, added to her rose count, but, you know, 
Should have had it. At any rate, thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you, Marsupio, for that uh, beautiful scream. Again, if and if anyone out there wants to submit their scream, you just go to patreon.com slash gameroses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. Get on the Discord. Fire off the scream. Good luck beating this one, though. God damn, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But uh, wouldn't want to follow up that. <laughs> Glad we said our screams first. <laughs> me too. But I hope everyone out there has a great weekend, and we will be back Monday with a new digging deeper. A lot of juicy clips coming up. Some strong vile grapesing that you're gonna enjoy for sure. And our first uncensored science. Oh yeah, Un- uncensored saints, uncut jams, uncensored saints. Whoa, she became Australian there for a moment. Um, <laughs> yes, there will probably be some uncensored again. saints uh, clips in there as well. We hope you'll join us. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been seven thousand six hundred and thirty-four days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 